Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Husker Cuscast. We are recording this episode on Thursday, October 27th. We apologize for last night's episode. We actually got bumped by the World Series, so we have to do it tonight. Uh, I am your host, Justin, still filling in for Patrick. But joining me are my trusty cousins, Tyler and Derek. How are you guys tonight? Doing good. Doing great tonight. <laughs> All right. It's a. It's going to be a great week. It's game week. We got a big game against Wisconsin. But first, we got to talk about Purdue. And uh, there's some things that have been going on with Purdue. Well, not Purdue, but throughout the entire season that have been haunting us. Uh, for one being, why do we go on hiatus during the second quarter? I need that question answered tonight. And also, why are our special teams mainly our punt our punts team why do we keep getting punts blocked i need that answered also and most importantly after this purdue game what the hell was mark phillip doing to mark banker on the sideline throughout the game i don't know what was going on there but mark banker seemed to be dragging mark phillip along like i don't know if they were doing like a weird congo line i don't know if mark phillip was being punished it was the weirdest thing that I've ever seen, and you know it was weird because the cameras kept panning over to the sideline to show us that, just asking more questions. So you know what? I'll take two out of three. If you guys can answer two out of three of those questions tonight, my night will be blessed. Uh, Derek, I want to bring it over to you right now. What were your thoughts on the Purdue game? And I want you to start with Mark Phillip and Mark Banker. I'm just, I'm just, well, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, you know, my, my only answer to that is maybe, maybe Mark Banker was pissed off and he was trying to storm the field, or maybe he thought we won before we did. I don't know. He's old. He's kind of <laughs> Who knows? It was weird, right? Am I wrong? It was weird. It it was weird. Yes. Uh, no, but to get back to the root, the real meat of the stuff here, uh, you know, you, you bring up the second quarter. Nebraska is being outscored in the second quarter by 27 points. We've scored 60. They we've allowed 64 points to our 37, and that's bad. I, you know, the third quarter, we're, we're maybe average. We we were plus 17 in the in the third quarter. First and fourth quarters, we're doing well. We're we're plus 37 in the, the first quarter and plus 85 in the fourth quarter, which is just phenomenal. But you know, I. The only thing that I can come up with as far as stats go as to why we're doing so bad in the second quarter is Tommy Armstrong, and I'm not saying it's all his fault. I think the offensive line has a lot to do with this too, but he started this game six for eight and then went three for ten with an interception in a two-minute offense and then then came back in in the second half and ended up going... Uh, eight for thirteen, with a touchdown, no interceptions. On, on the year, Tommy Armstrong's only passed for fifty-three percent, with three t- touchdowns and four interceptions. In the second half, he's fifty-nine percent for eight touchdowns and one interception. Yeah. I, what whatever's happening, I don't know. I don't know if Tommy Armstrong's just not connecting, or if he's just he's throwing off his back foot a lot, which is where most of his interceptions have come from. But something's got to come, and well, they got to figure it out. Yeah, fortunately, you know, 
he he and the entire team are picking it up in the second half, which is leading to all these victories. You know, they, they may be ugly wins. I don't care at this point. A win is a win. You know, I'd rather have seven ugly wins than, you know, two great wins and five losses. Uh, Tyler, you were at the game. What do you think? What What are your thoughts on this game? You know, I mean, Justin, I don't have answers to the questions you're asking. I, I don't know why we can't pump block and protect our punter. And I don't know why in the second quarter we always stop playing, but just, let me be the optimistic cousin for a second. Our special teams this year has really overproduced. I mean, we're top 10 in kickoff returns. We've had decent success in punt returns. Field goal kicking's been pretty lights out. And and Derek, you're right. Tommy did not have a good game. It was hard for me to get a good vibe of a lot of his throws. But what I did see that game is he was overthrowing wide open wide receivers. I mean, there were three or four throws that should have been touchdowns or big plays at least that he overthrew. But again, being the optimist, about midway through the second quarter after Purdue scored their second touchdown, our defense finally showed up and put the clamps down. We held them to 128 total yards after that second touchdown, which was about 2.8 yards leg. Our defense showed up and treated Purdue the way Purdue or Purdue should be treated. We <laughs> shut them down for the rest of the game. Offense didn't click in all c- cylinders, but I was at that game. The crowd wasn't 100% into that game. It was about as dead as I've heard Memorial Stadium in a while. and I'm not convinced that the team was 100%. We have our eyes set on Wisconsin. I think the team did too. You know, I, I well, really yeah, hate that be, analogy. Before, before, you, before, you, before you go on, Justin, uh, Tyler, you are right about stopping him after after about midway through the second quarter. But, you know, one bad thing that happened in that second quarter was we gave up an 88-yard touchdown. It was on third and 11. We should have been able to stop. And, and the worst part is the only reason it was third and 11 is because they had just had a dry or a play that should have been a first down on third and six but they ended up getting it called back for a motion penalty and then, and then he hits this pass that was just beautiful and he, he outran us they're, they're uh, Yancey he outran us he, he just was gone yeah you know uh yeah, that, that, that play right there was terrible. But you know what? We responded quite well, and uh, we, we shut down. You know, they got you know basically a little over a quarter of their total yards on that one single play, which was a busted play. Oh, you get it. You know, those things happen. It, but I think it's a, a bigger thing that we responded better. And we, we just like Tyler said, we shut them down. Uh, but in that second quarter, uh, the second quarter demise that we've gone, that, that we've seen all year long, where we're being outscored 64 to 37, when in no other quarter this year, you know, we're being outscored. And Derek, you brought up the uh, the fourth quarter, and I just love to hear this because they, they bring it up every single game, which is like one of my favorite stats. You know, we're, outsco- we're outscoring people 98-13 in the fourth quarter. That's awesome. I want to get back to the but, second but you know, quarter. You, you know what the better stat of that fourth quarter is? What's that? The fact that 
we are plus eight in turnover margin in the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. We we end a lot of games on uh, interceptions. Uh, but I just want to touch on this uh, the second quarter phenomenon real quick. Uh, when we started this, that last series in the first quarter, uh, we had a, a punt, 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 interception, and a punt. And it seems like it may be isolated just this game, but it's been like that the entire year, guys. We just, yeah, outside of Fresno State, but we, we just... We have issues for whatever reason in that second quarter. When we play Wisconsin, a good team like Wisconsin, a very disciplined team, we cannot have we, we, we can't play three quarters and be a team like Wisconsin. We just can't. Uh, the, 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 you're right. You're right. And, and one of the things that we're going to have to stop is, you know. I, I, thought, I thought maybe finally we turned things around. We had zero penalties in that first half. And then all of a sudden, the second half, we had seven penalties for 67 yards. Yeah. And and penalties still seem to plague us a little bit. Yeah, they do. They're getting better. They're getting better from uh, earlier on in the year, though. They are. But we still got to slow these down. Absolutely. You know, especially as we're headed to Madison – you know, this is uh, this is the game that we've been waiting for all year. You know, uh, Oregon was that team that we were waiting for, and Oregon came and went, and Oregon says shredded. Uh, but now here here we are with Wisconsin. And we all know the history at Madison, and uh, in 2014 we got murdered, 59 to 24. In 2011 we got murdered. 48 to 17. And then we have the little uh, destruction, you know, in the Big Big Ten championship game where we got uh, annihilated 70 to 31. And that was by a 7 and 5 Wisconsin team. Things don't look good for us playing Wisconsin. We have one win. And that was in that same year that we lost in the Big Ten championship where we won 27 30. You know, last year we thought we were going to get there. But uh, Rafael Gaglioni, he kicks the field goal to upset us, 23-21. to 21. Uh, You know, just talking about the Wisconsin recap there for the last five years or four years, whatever, that's kind of uh, taking it a little bit out of me. Uh, Tyler, what do you have to say about the uh, playing in Madison and uh, what this Wisconsin team will be this year? You know, I, I live here in Wisconsin. I, I was at the 2014 uh, Wisconsin-Nebraska game, and I sat there, and one of the worst in-game experiences I've ever had. I mean, and I went to school during the Callahan era, so I went to a lot of bad experience yeah. games. Um, but that game was terrible. I had a 45, 50-year-old woman behind me screaming at me, Abdullah, who the whole game. Abdullah, Abdullah. It was terrible. It's a terrible game. We we have not had success there. Um, you know, Wisconsin is confident. I mean, <laughs> and they have a lot of right to be. They they've had a lot of quality wins this year, and and the two games they've lost, they've played Ohio State and Michigan, two top ten teams. Really, really tough. They're very confident coming in this game. The team is very confident. The pundits are really confident. Hence, us being a nine point eight point underdog. I mean, it it. 
It's not looking good for us going into Madison. Go ahead, Derek. Well, you know, uh, just just you bring up Gaglione, but you know he's hurt for the year. Yeah. Their backup kicker has been bad. He has missed a lot of field goals, and so if it comes down to that, I, I think Nebraska has a good chance to win this game. Uh, as far as being in Madison, this is a totally different coaching staff. I mean, we don't have one of the same coaches from that year. And they seem to be moving in the right direction, as far as I hate to admit that. But they do seem to be moving in the right direction. And if we can get, if we can keep this game close into the fourth quarter, I jump around or not, Nebraska's phenomenal in the fourth quarter. And I don't know how you deny anything to Nebraska in the fourth quarter. All I got to say to that, Derek, is I'm writing this down that you said something complimentary to this coaching staff. I mean, that's like one of the first, uh, but I will take it. I will absolutely take it. That is, it, it may be, after this game, it may be the only one. But I'll, I'll give him some credit where credit's due. <laughs> Derek, you're coming around. Between Tommy 12-gauge and the, you turning on the coaching staff, you're becoming a yeah. real optimist in Nebraska land. God, you're, I, you're, you're a lot more pleasant Derek, to be around. <laughs> Derek, Derek will never be an optimist. That's it's not, true. It's not possible. Speaking of pessimism, Derek, uh, you know, this. Uh, I think this team is, well, this game is going to be outlined by the fact of, of all the injuries that are happening. You know, we're banged up. They're banged up. You could argue that they're a lot more banged up than we are. We got some people coming back. You know, we're getting Westercamp back, a Zigbo back. Uh, Carter's still out. But uh, what do you guys think of these about the injuries in this game, Derek? Let's let's go to you first. All right. Well, you know, Wisconsin, their leading tackler Jack Sitchi, however you say his name, is out for the rest of the season. He's leading their team with sixty tackles. Four out of their top five linebackers have missed time this year. Uh, they got their, like I said, like I said earlier, their kickers out. Uh, you know, our, our only injury that's probably not playing is Seaton Carter. And while I, I like the guy and he's very athletic, he also led the Big Ten and dropped passes up until he got hurt. So Sam Cotton is filling in great. I mean, he's he, he's catching the ball well. I, you're not going to see an end around from Sam Cotton. We I think we discussed that last week too, but – I don't know that Stephen Carter is the biggest problem that we have as far as injury-wise. I'm still not convinced our offensive line's healthy. I know that most of our stars are playing, but they've given up so much pressure to Tommy Armstrong, which I think leads a lot to his completion percentage. And the guy doesn't throw the ball well when he's under pressure, and. If, if our offensive line's healthier than I think they are, we'll probably be okay. But we'll see what happens. Well, I do think that this is probably the third straight week that we've had a Sam Cotton reference, and we don't single out pl- Nebraska players very often. So I think, Sam Cotton, I think you're doing something right to be mentioned on the the Husker Cuzcast three weeks in a row. Uh, Tyler, what do you got to say about the injuries between both teams? 
You know, I mean, you know, Derek, you hit you hit a lot of the big ones, but you know, Wisconsin's gonna also be without their starting nose tackle this year. Yeah. Um, and you know, all the practice reports say our tackles are looking a lot better this week than they did last week. And Wester Camp coming back, like that is a huge addition. He is Tommy Armstrong's security blanket on third down. He catches the ball, he moves the chains and Against a team like Wisconsin, you got to be able to extend drive. Um, Wisconsin, another injury note is they played eight off of the line than last week. They're banged up up front, and Justin, we were talking about the shredding Wisconsin did against us in the past. Yeah. This is not the same Wisconsin offense. They are not running the ball to the effectiveness that they have in the past. And I, with our running defense, I think we match up fairly well in that department. Well, I, w- I would argue that uh, Clement, uh, Corey Clement, he's coming on strong, stronger over the last two games. He's looking okay. Uh, he may be gaining a little bit of steam uh, as far as their offense goes. Do you guys think that there's any receiver or you know pass catcher out there that could challenge us or is a big threat to us? Uh, Tyler, go. I mean, they're – their biggest threat on offense, uh, as far as the receiving, is their tight end. I mean, he has caused mismatches across the board. However, if you look at how that's going to play out, look at what our safeties have done. Kieran Williams has literally become one of the best defensive backs in the Big Ten. Yeah. Nate Gary is going to play in the NFL. We have the safeties that can match up really, really well against the tight end. And I'm not overly convinced they have the athletes on the outside besides him to really challenge us. I think they could be in a really, really rough spot throwing the ball this week. And, and Corey Clement, you're right. He has played better. But it's not Wisconsin general. He may be second in the Big Ten in rushing this year. But he isn't breaking off 150 yards a game like we saw Melvin Gordon do prior Monte Ball or you know sure. go all the way back or whoever. But you, you, you just they're, they're not having the same post. Well, a little footnote there about Kyron Williams. He's been out the last two days. Uh, he had to go home for personal matters, and he's going to be rejoining the team on Friday uh, to make it out to Wisconsin. Uh, Derek, what do you have to say about uh, the receivers and you know other offensive stuff that Wisconsin well, brings? Well, I, I, you know, you guys both kind of talked about Corey Clement. And, you know, on, honestly – I understand you're kind of looking for receivers, and I and Tyler, you're right. That tight end, he's going to be the guy to watch. They they've thrown to him. He leads their whole team with 25 catches so far this year, and uh, so he's good. I in our linebackers are probably covering him for the most part. And I think we have, we have a good linebacker core. But back to Corey Clement, I you know the guy's averaging. Over the last three games, he's averaging about 130 yards a game. He's doing – at the beginning of the year, they struggled with getting the running game going. But the last three games, they've moved the ball well. Yeah. Their their problem actually really, which is something that – this is something that Wisconsin just doesn't do, has been turnovers. They've turned the ball over a lot this year. Yeah, they have. Compared to normal Wisconsin. They're not turning over like 2015 Nebraska, but they're still turning over a lot more than what Wisconsin normally does. They're minus, they're minus, uh, 
2.14 per game in, in the turnover margin, which averages out to, what, about seven or eight turnovers this year, which is way more than what they normally do. So I, I think that's going to be a huge factor. Well, and that plays into our defense. I mean, we lead the Big Ten in interceptions. I mean, for us, our key of this defense is going to be getting them in the throwing down. I mean, if, if we can get them behind the chains early in the count and get them to throw the ball, I'm confident our secondary is going to be able to make a couple plays to keep us in this game. Well, it's interesting that you talk about you know them, the the, uh, the quarterback situation there and throwing it and stuff because it's uh, looking like they're going to be playing two quarterbacks yet again. Uh, what do you guys think about this two-quarterback system that Wisconsin runs? Tyler. You know, the old adage, if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterback. Um, you know, that. You know, I'll give credit to credit to They've had a pretty successful season. They've outperformed expectations. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm not concerned about what their quarterback's going to do until they prove me wrong. I trust Lockdown U. If, if, if Lockdown U was a stock, I'm buying I like what our secondary is doing. They're good. They're athletic. They play on the ball. I mean, even when they've given up stuff, they, they've generally played in front of them. They've caused turnovers. I love what I'm seeing from them. Absolutely. Derek, what do you have to say about that? Well, you know, I, outside of Russell Wilson, Wisconsin's not known for their quarterbacks. They're, they're always known for their running game. So having two quarterbacks play – I guess if they make some mistakes and throw some interceptions, it works well for our for our hand. But it's going to be, can we stop their run? Hey, we're going to have to stack. I think we're going to have to stack the box, stop their run, make them pass, and put pressure on either one of those quarterbacks. I think either one of those quarterbacks in, under pressure is probably going to make some mistakes. And so, I mean, obviously I don't get paid the big money like Mark Banker. But, but if I was him, I, I blitz in my linebackers a lot in this game. Well, I think with their with their offensive line, they got a big offensive line. They're like all six foot six, three hundred pounds, big monster guys. I almost think that we almost have to get creative with the blitzes, you know, with uh, either safety help or cornerback blitzes or something like that. Because we've, we've talked about, you know, outside of their tight end, I don't know if any of their wide receivers are really going to hurt us, you know. And so I think that affords us the opportunity to, to get creative with those blitzes. And uh, we, we do definitely need to get find, uh, find ways to get pressure on the quarterbacks. So far this year, you know, especially more recently, I think our defensive line and linebackers, they've done a great job at that, but they're not quite as consistent as what we want. But uh, we, I think we do have to be creative. Uh, here's, here's another question for you guys. Is this a must-win for Nebraska? Derek, you go first. Uh, you know... I, th- I think it depends on what what you're looking at for Nebraska goals here. Uh, but if you want to get to Indy and play either Ohio State a second time or Michigan, whoever that may end up being, then, then yes, I think this is a very much must win. Uh, 
if we lose this game, I, I don't I don't see us beating Ohio State next week. And so we both have two losses. Wisconsin's got a fairly easy schedule from from here after Nebraska on out. And if so, if we both have two losses, Wisconsin gets a head to head. So 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 if your goal is to get to at least at least to get to Indy, then yes, I think this is a must win. It doesn't ruin our season, but I do think it's a must win as far as Big Ten championship level goes. Tyler, what do you think? You know, I don't know if I would classify this as a must win. You know, I, Derek, you're right. I mean, I think the the odds definitely start to shift if we lose this game on us going to the Big Ten championship. But I think from the mentality of this team, we got to get one thing straight when we're talking about this game. We're not supposed to win this game. There's a reason why Vegas has this eight-point underdog. There's a reason why almost every national pundit thinks we're going to lose this game is because we're not favored to win this game. But if we lose this game, I think it's really important for the mentality of the player team to remember, hey, we're still a game up in the Big Ten title race. And Derek, you're right. They don't have the toughest schedule left in the season. They still do play Minnesota, who's had a decent year. Northwestern, it is possible they stumble across the board. And after we get through Ohio State, our schedule really lightens up. I think we can still win. And if our team goes into the same thing and this is a must-win game and we lose it, which very possibly could happen, I just worry about what the psyche is and what the second half of this season will bring. Well, I think that this game is an absolute must-win based off of – I'm going to take the little pieces that both of you guys have actually said. Uh I think this is a must-win game mainly to get to Indianapolis. And this is has to be the main goal of everybody on the team, to get to Indianapolis and put yourself into a position to win the Big Ten championship. Because if, if we don't win this game, you lose everything. I mean, you, you lose all control. If you win this game, hey, you control your, your destiny. But if you lose this one, it's, it's going to be a lot more difficult. Because with Ohio State coming up next, that is not going to be a cakewalk. Also, I think that this is going to be a must-win just for national perception. Uh, you know, you talked about nobody thinks that we're going to win this game. Vegas thinks we're a joke. All the pundits think that we're a joke. You know, even though that we're seven and zero, nobody is taking us seriously. I think we have to do that for national perception and a. And you know, and that even goes into the fans. Some of the fans, uh, they really think that you know, hey, we're seven zero, but you know what? Do we deserve a top ten ranking? And a lot of people don't think that. So I Me. just, well, there you go, you and but you're not alone. There's a lot of people that don't think. Oh, that. absolutely. You know, look, Sam, Sam McEwen, who is the lone AP writer, voted us at eleven. I know, I know. And, and that's why I think this is a must win, just to establish credibility within the system and to pave that way to Indianapolis. And, guys, that's that's what this year's all about. We grinded out the wins. We're, you know, a- every year, you know, we were talking about we need to win the games that we should and then be competitive in the games that we're not supposed to win. Well, we've won all the games that we're supposed to win. This is one of the games that we need to grind out. We need to establish I, credibility. 
Can I add just one more thing Go as for to it. why this might be a missed win, must win here? Uh, I, I think if we lose this game, I think it takes a lot of wind out of Nebraska sales. Not 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 fans, not national perception, but but the players themselves. I mean, the players aren't looking at the point spread. They they're not looking at whether they should or should not win this game. These players are going in thinking they should and can win. And I think if they lose, I, I, it depends a little bit on the score too. But if you lose by one or two points, maybe it doesn't take so much wind out of their sails. But I think if you lose. By a touchdown or more, I, I think it starts taking some of the window of sales and possibly brings up some more losses that we don't want. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but we have to move on. And let's do everybody's favorite segment except Tyler's because he sucks at this. Uh, we're going to get into the uh, – let's get into the, uh, the picks. Uh, Derek, give us a recap off last week. All right, well – you talk about Tyler, but uh, Ty- Tyler actually won the score prediction last week with the closest score prediction. Uh, Dave, Van Amberg, Dave Van Amberg won the Facebook challenge. And, uh, That's the overall, second one. That's the second one. Good job, Dave. It is. Dave, Dave is just on fire. Uh, Tyler went 4-2 and two last week, and he's 10-7 uh, and seven overall. I also went four and two, and I'm 34 and 17 now. And Justin went five and one. And he's at 32 and 20 right now. Oh, I'm catching you, babe. I'm catching you. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I misspoke. You were 31 and 20, but oh, you are shit. catching me one game at a time. But yeah, one at a time. Let's face it. That's probably not going to happen by the end of the year. Well, so. we'll see. Let's let's get into these picks here. We got we got five picks here. We're uh, going across the the Big 12. Pac-12, ACC. Wow, we, we're we touching everybody except the SEC, which is the way it should be, guys. Uh, let's well, that's because the SEC is overrated. And they Ooh, suck. Don't say that. That's sacrilegious. Anyway, we got number 10, West Virginia at Oklahoma State. What do you think, Tyler? You know, West Virginia very well, very well may have the best defense in the Big, uh, big 12. Um, they played really well this year. They've definitely exceeded my expectations. Um, they're going to Oklahoma State. That's not an easy place to win in Stillwater. Um, you know, they had a, a very fluky loss early in the year. Otherwise, their offense has been good. I actually like Oklahoma State for the upset this year. Wow. Derek? I, I, I disagree. West Virginia has held – you talk about their defense. Their defense has held Texas Tech and TCU for a total of 27 points. And between those two teams, outside of playing West Virginia, have averaged 48 points a game. West Virginia, I, I think they stopped Oklahoma State just like they did t- Texas Tech and TCU. And West Virginia comes up the win here. Yeah, I agree. West Virginia, you know, they play in a conference of the Big 12 where defense is optional because nobody plays defense. But in the three games, they're averaging uh, – 14 points allowed in their three conference games. West Virginia, they get the win on the road. That brings us to number eight, Baylor at Texas. Holy crikey. What's going on here, Tyler? Well, the sky is falling in Texas. Uh, You know, as good as West Virginia's defense has been, uh, Texas defense may be equally as bad. Baylor's not going undefeated this year. They're not that good. 
but they're a lot better than Texas. They win by two touchdowns. They destroy Texas, and yeah. the end of Charlie Strong is near. Yeah. Derek? I, 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 I agree. And, and Texas, just their defense is terrible. And, and look, they're, they've lost four of their last five games. And their only win out of, that, out of those five games was against Iowa State, which is like saying you beat a Division two team, basically, because Iowa State's terrible. And I, I just I don't see how Texas comes out with a win here. Baylor's too good. I agree that they're probably not going to go undefeated, but Baylor's too good. Texas loses this big. Yeah, this game's tough because th- overall I think Charlie Strong is a really good guy, and he's a good coach, I think. And, uh, you know, they've lost four of their last five. Texas, their defense has actually looked pretty good over the last two games since uh, Charlie Strong took over. But for some reason, one reason or the other, the offense is just taking a step back. Uh, the misery is going to continue for Charlie Strong here, and Baylor is going to clean the floor with Texas. I hate to say it, but they are. Baylor wins. You you don't hate to say it. You're a Baylor lover. Shut up. <laughs> Moving on. Number four, Washington at number 17, Utah. Uh, Washington is ten and a half point favorites. Tyler, what do you think? You know, you know, Alabama's number one in the country, uh, and they deserve it. But Washington has looked almost as impressive. And unless you're drunk like me and stay up late, you don't get a chance <laughs> to see it. And you know, Wisconsin, Washington has looked really, really impressive this year. This is their toughest test probably of the season, and definitely remaining on their schedule. Um, Utah is a for real team. They're really legit. This game's going to be close. I think it's a 10-point spread. I think Utah does play it closer than that. But at the end of the day, I think Washington is too good of a team to lose there. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. It happened. <laughs> so, okay. Look, Washington, Washington has this quarterback, Jake Browning. This guy has thrown for 26 touchdowns and two interceptions. That is just Lamar Jackson good. It really is. And uh, their offense, they're, they're scoring 48.3 points per game. Their defense is only giving up 14.6 per game. U- Utah, I, I think Utah loses pretty big in this game. I do. Yeah, I think the most impressive thing about that entire thing that you said outside of the burp was, <laughs> was that, it happens. Yeah, was Jake Browning. He's just a sophomore. Wow, Washington's going to be really, really good for the next couple of years. Yeah, Washington wins. Yeah, they probably cover. <sighs> All right, we got for some reason we got Northwestern and Ohio State on the schedule. I don't know why. We're picking this game, but Tyler, make it interesting. Well, I mean, it could be interesting. Northwestern stock is trending up very highly. I mean, their last three games, they won at Iowa, at Michigan State, and they beat Indiana, who held us a really tough game. Northwestern's easily the biggest victory we've had this year, and they are definitely going bowling this year. But there's no way Urban Meyer's losing two games in a row. Um, I think the spread in this game is like 26 points. I think Northwestern keeps it closer than that. Um, 27. I think they keep it closer than that. But I, they're, they, Ohio State wins. They win comfortably. And they win against Northwestern. 
Alright, so so you bring up uh, the point spread, and, and look, losing by almost four touchdowns is still a blowout. I, whether Ohio State covers the spread or not is here nor there. Ohio State is just a way better team. You talk about Northwestern being on a good streak. They've beat three teams that you you mentioned Iowa, who we've talked about, who is not a good team this year. You've talked about Michigan State, who has proven they're not a good team this year. And they beat Indiana. Okay, that's probably one of the better teams that we've played, but we haven't played anybody, so whatever. Uh, Ohio State wins this game big. Wow. You know, when I think of Ohio State this year after losing to Penn State, you know, I kind of think of the movie Rocky IV, one of my favorite movies of all time. But there's a scene in Rocky IV. Remember, remember when Duke tells Rocky, you cut him, you hurt him. You see, he's not a machine. He's a man. Remember that? Yeah, he was I, fighting the Russian. Yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah, I have no idea how that applies to this. But I just wanted to say because I, I get it because Ohio State's a machine. Yeah. So yeah. No, no, no. He's not a machine. He's a man. Listen to me, damn it. <laughs> he's not a machine. He's a man. He lost. <laughs> Jesus. All right. They lose again. No, Ivan Drago is going to whoop the shit out of Rocky in this scenario. Okay, so Ohio State gets the win. Okay, I don't know what what the hell happened there, but anyway, Clemson number three, Clemson at Florida State. Uh, wow, this derailed. Uh, this derailed bad. Yeah, yeah. Clemson's four point favorites in this. What do you think, Tyler? You know. Both of these teams have been classes of college football the last few years. A uh, few years back, Florida State win. They made the inaugural college football playoff. Uh, last year, Clemson played in the college football championship. I mean, this is a very big game. This is the last big test Clemson has. Um, Deshaun Watson is the best player on that field, I think, on Saturday. And I think Clemson wins a close game against Florida State. I, I agree. Uh, you know, both both teams are going off the bye week, which how they manage that must be ACC privy. But you're right. Look, that quarterback for Florida State, uh, DeAndre Francois, or however you want to say his name, he's a freshman. He's bound to make some mistakes. He's thrown uh, three interceptions, only ten touchdowns where Deshaun Watson's actually thrown eight interceptions, which is a high, but he's thrown 20 touchdowns. I, he, he's still the better player. Clemson comes out with a win. This is a close game, though. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I got Clemson, too. Okay, real quick, let's get into our uh, predictions here for the Nebraska-Wisconsin game. Tyler, give it to us real quick. You know, we spent a lot of time talking about what Wisconsin's offense can do against our but I want to focus on what our offense can do against their defense. We are virtually polar opposites to them. Um, you know, they we lead the Big Ten in third down conversion. They lead in third down defense. Uh, we lead in 50-yard plays. They lead in 50-yard prevention. I mean, we're this is going to be a really big matchup. But at the end of the day, I think we do get to see good Tommy. I think he comes to play. Um, he's going to be under pressure. He's going to be running for his life, but I think he shows up. He gives us enough offense, and we win 27-21. Nice. Derek, real quick. All right. Yeah, you look, 
this comes down to fourth quarter. This is going to be a close game, even in the fourth quarter. But at the, at the end of the day, Nebraska's just been unstoppable in the fourth quarter. Like I said, we're plus eight in turnover margin. We're eight plus 85 in uh, point margin. Nebraska, I, I think Nebraska probably comes out with this win in the, in the fourth quarter, 21-17. Yeah, I think uh, out of all the media that you see, nobody's given Nebraska a shot except the Husker Cuzcast. I like Nebraska winning 20-17. to 17. That gives us a sweep. But uh, that's going to wrap it up from us tonight. Remember to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter and Podbean. Friend us on Facebook. Send us questions and comments. And remember to participate in the weekly score prediction contest on our Facebook page. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. And we're going to do it again next Wednesday, unless the Cubs are playing Game 7. And as always, Go go Big Red.